Greetings and welcome. I'm Jane Barton, and this is Cardinal Musings, a podcast focused on the issues of paramount importance as we age, what I call cardinal concerns. So grab a cup of coffee, settle into your favorite chair. It's time to chat. I've always marveled at the human capacity to bounce back from adversity. And considering the times in which we live, I'm in absolute awe of the individual and collective resilience on display each and every day. Reflecting on the turmoil of the past two years, it's mind-boggling to remember all of the life-changing events, the global pandemic, social unrest, political angst, natural disasters, economic uncertainty, and on and on. Just one of these many challenges would be daunting enough for most folks, but we've been dealing with an avalanche of adversity for almost two years. At some point, it's become more than a question of survival. It's a question of how we are to thrive beyond this experience of profound suffering and loss. How will we bounce back from all of this? Well, that's what I want to chat about today. Resilience. What does it mean to be resilient? Psychologists define resilience as the process of adapting well in the face of adversity, trauma, tragedy, threats, or significant sources of stress, such as family and relational problems, serious health problems, or workplace and financial stressors. As much as resilience involves bouncing back from these difficult experiences, it can also involve profound personal growth this according to the American Psychological Association. So the good news is that resilience is not a genetic trait that some people have while others don't. Rather, bouncing back is a process that we can learn at any time, a process we can hone and enhance over time. Consequently, if you're feeling a bit deflated today or a little bit defeated, there's hope. With a bit of information, determination, and practice, you can learn to bounce back better. With that said, a point of clarification is needed. Although the metaphor of bouncing back is utilized by many experts in the field, there is no expectation that in the aftermath of adversity that we'll return to our previous normal, whatever that might have been. Instead, the reality is that we are forever changed. Life is forever changed. Granted, the natural reaction is to long for what was, the known. But bouncing back demands a focus on the here and now, and then contemplating what next. Bouncing back requires an ability and a willingness to look forward. By so doing, we refuse to be victimized by circumstances. Leaning into life, we exercise our personal agency by defining the next steps in our respective journeys. Sounds good, right? But how in the world do we bounce back? What's required to respond in life-giving ways when the journey becomes twisted and a wee bit bumpy? Oh, that I had a simple and succinct answer for you today. But alas, I don't. Seems as if we all have a unique way of bouncing back, different motivating factors for bouncing as well. However, some experts in the field of resilience, such as Stephen Southwick, have identified some common characteristics and coping skills exhibited by particularly bouncy people. 
Hopefully, you'll recognize your sources of resilience as I articulate the more common ingredients required to bounce back. And who knows, perhaps you'll discover a new way to bounce. So, what's required to bounce back when life confronts and confounds us? First, a sense of meaning and purpose is essential. As human beings, we are meaning-seeking and meaning-making creatures. As Viktor Frankl noted in his classic book, Man's Search for Meaning, meaning is the driving force for humanity. We long to understand. We seek to discern our why of life. And that why serves to support and to sustain us, particularly during the turbulent times of life. When life is falling down around our head and shoulders, knowing that there is a reason to be serves to support and sustain. Second, realistic optimism allows us to see hope on the horizon. By so doing, we're able to develop viable options for moving on with life predicated on a realistic assessment of our current situation. So please note, this is not a time to throw on rose-colored glasses and to assume that all will be well, sometimes referred to as toxic positivity. Instead, we need hope rooted in reality. Faith is another foundational ingredient of resilience. When life seems to be unraveling at the seams, when life brings us to our knees, this is typically when we rely on the pillars of faith for support. Our foundational beliefs provide the needed framework to confront our fears and doubts, which relates to our need for courage as well. Yes, tumultuous, uncertain times trigger fear and anxiety. We have and we will feel afraid, but we need not be immobilized. These are the moments in time when we must dig deep to discover the courage necessary to rise above paralyzing dread. Therefore, a key trait of the resilient is to be braver and bolder than ever imagined, choosing to take one step at a time as we move through and beyond the times that try our souls. Unless we forget, change is the norm. In fact, life is a continuous process of change, a reality to be recognized if we are to be resilient. Granted, most people claim to dislike change, as it is disruptive and disturbing. But it serves little purpose to rail against the fates when unwanted change happens, objecting that life is unjust or unfair. However, if we are unwilling to adapt, becoming rigid and self-righteous, we risk being broken by our changed circumstances. Therefore, remember another lesson from Viktor Frankl. Although we can't control everything that happens in life, We retain the freedom to choose an attitude in response to life. And that choice determines whether we merely endure life or enthusiastically embrace and enjoy life. So choose wisely, my friends. Bend instead of being broken. Although resilience is no laughing matter, if we are to bounce back, sometimes we just gotta laugh. No, I'm not suggesting that we laugh at our trials and tribulations, but laughing despite distressing situations is one of our best methods of coping with the stress. Even a little chuckle from time to time moves the energy around, affords a different perspective, and transforms the space in which we reside. 
Humor is good for the mind, body, and spirit. So yuck it up when you feel the need for a bit more bounce in your step. By now, I think it's fairly obvious that resilience is a process requiring everything we have to give, mind, body, and spirit. Our ability to bounce back depends on physical, emotional, and mental well-being. So resilience ebbs and flows with the various facets of well-being. Thus, we must be well if we are to bounce well. Self-knowledge also facilitates the process of resilience. When the winds of change are howling and nothing seems normal, possessing an unwavering sense of self calms the storm. Therefore, refer to your internal moral compass when guidance and direction are needed and wanted. Remember who you are and what you are about. Honor and abide your true north. And keep this in mind. We seem to bounce better together. Not surprising since we are relational creatures. We need and want each other, particularly during the dark nights of the soul. Knowing that we're not alone when bouncing back from tough times is comforting and motivating. Hence, there's no need to be shy. Reach out and connect with companions who are able and willing to encourage resilient reactions to life. And finally, resilient role models inspire us to bounce in amazing ways. And we all have grand examples of resilience. Family, friends, colleagues, or public figures. These are people who've experienced the lowest lows, the saddest sorrows, the darkest nights, and yet they chose to bounce back. They chose to embrace and enjoy life in the aftermath of adversity. Personally, I believe grand examples of resilience teach us the most about the process and the blessings of resilience. Grand examples solidify our resolve to be resilient as well. Perhaps by sharing my grand example, you'll be reminded of that inspirational presence in your life. So allow me to share a story with you. Over the past 17 years, I've written and spoken about the concept and process of resilience countless times. Although I've read extensively about the idea, learning from the experts in the field, the most impactful portions of my presentations and articles are the examples, the stories of resilience. It's the stories that give legs to the concept. When hearing how others have bounced back from adversity, it all becomes so clear. So I hope to enhance your appreciation and understanding of resilience by sharing a very personal and poignant story. Afterwards, perhaps you'll agree that resilience is grand. When I was 15, life changed forever. My mom was diagnosed with terminal breast cancer. In an instant, my adolescence ended and I became a caregiver as well as a grieving daughter. Obviously, life changed for my entire family. All of our hopes and dreams Plans and expectations, routines and daily rhythms were disrupted, if not negated. The first year was particularly tough as we struggled to deal with the inherent uncertainty of the situation, in addition to all of the medical challenges. 
It was so hard to witness everything that mom went through, physically and emotionally. It was almost more than I could bear at such a young age. No doubt, mom recognized that we were all struggling. She realized that we needed something to hope for, something positive to anticipate. So one evening at dinner, she gave us something to dream about and to work toward, although I initially thought the idea ludicrous. I'll never forget the moment that mom stated she wanted to go to the Grand Canyon for spring break, only seven months away. I was dumbfounded since I had just struggled to walk her down the hall to the kitchen table. A year of surgeries, radiation, and chemotherapy had been physically and emotionally debilitating. I stared at her in disbelief, wondering how in the world she planned to get to the Grand Canyon from West Texas. There was no way she could tolerate a long road trip in seven short months. Well, that's actually not what she was proposing. Instead, she went on to explain that she wanted to hike the canyon. Seriously? Yes, that's what she wanted to do. She believed that by the spring she could hike down, camp for three days, and then hike out. Now, I'm sure I resembled a deer in the headlights, dazed and confused. I then looked to my dad, the voice of reason, usually. But he was grinning from ear to ear. You see, my dad was a geologist, and my mom had just invited him to visit rock heaven. (laughs) He was not about to object to this dream. So for the next seven months, mom and I trained to hike the canyon while dad made all of the travel plans. When spring arrived, we packed the station wagon and off we went on our grand adventure. Dad checked in at the ranger station upon arriving at the South Rim. After sharing our plans to hike down and camp, the ranger politely asked for our campsite reservation. Dad responded, reservation? You see, Dad had considered every possible contingency for our trip. However, he didn't know that reservations were required to camp in the canyon. And the campgrounds were full for spring break. There was no room at the inn. Who knew? I had never seen my dad so defeated and discouraged. Our dream of hiking the canyon had been derailed by one unknown requirement. Talk about deflated. With nothing to be done, we headed back to the hotel to nurse our wounds. Mom hung back and said she would be there shortly. I thought she probably needed some time to process. Little did I know she was actually working to keep our dream alive. When she finally returned, she was grinning from ear to ear, a stark contrast to the gloom and doom expression on my face. Why in the world was mom so happy? Well, she had a new dream to share with us. After chatting with the park ranger, she figured out that we could still hike the canyon in one day, down and back. Now, granted, she realized that she couldn't hike to the river, a 22-mile round trip. But she could hike to the plateau that overlooked the Colorado River, 14 miles round trip. Four hours down, two hours for lunch, eight hours back up the trail. Looking at Mom, I wondered if our dream had just morphed into a fantasy 
but I was not about to burst her bubble. If she was willing to give it a go, so was I. And so was Dad. So for the rest of the evening, we prepped for a different adventure, but an adventure nonetheless. The next day at 4 a.m., we arrived at the trailhead of the Bright Angel Trail, and it was snowing. (laughs) However, as we descended into the canyon, the temperature soared, as did our spirits. It was a breathtaking, literally and figuratively, and magical experience. Dad regaled us with the geologic history of the Grand Canyon, while Mom identified the flora and fauna along the trail. As for me, I savored every second of our dream come true. I was so incredibly grateful to be sharing this sacred moment with Mom and Dad, seeing Mom radiating joy and delight. That was the healing balm I needed after such an excruciating year of medical trauma. So I tried to memorize every detail of the day. I didn't want to forget a thing. Somehow I knew those sacred, joyful memories would be needed in the days to come. Now today, 45 years later, our grand trek continues to be the most extraordinary day of my life. The round trip took 14 hours as planned, and yes, it was physically taxing for all concerned, but it was emotionally, mentally, and spiritually invigorating and energizing. I'll never forget the moment that Mom bounced out of the Grand Canyon, exhausted but incredibly alive. Looking down at the path we had just traversed, I felt so incredibly proud and thankful. Against all odds, we had done it, and in that moment, I knew we could deal with whatever the future held for our family. Together, we would once again take one step at a time. The memories of our Grand Odyssey have served me well over the years. When life slaps me in the face, I remember that Mom refused to be defined and limited by cancer. Instead, she chose to be defined by her response to life. She was determined, she was courageous, loving, kind, caring, fierce, grateful, and grace-filled. She was resilient. So in those moments when I feel defeated and deflated, I remember that resilience is grand. And just like Mom, I too can bounce back if I so choose. Thanks, Mom. Well, my friends, I think it's about time to wrap up our chat about resilience. Yes, these are troubling times, times in which we need all the bounce we can get. The good news is that resilience is a renewable resource. We have the opportunity at any time to enhance and to refresh our ability to bounce back. Furthermore, being resilient is a choice, an intentional choice that informs and influences the trajectory of our lived experience. And since I'm a professed control freak, this is fabulous news. I want to have a say as to where my path is headed. I choose not to be blown about by the winds of change. 
Rather, I accept responsibility for charting my own course. That's my challenge and my once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Personally, it boils down to this question. Do I choose to be a victim of my circumstances, or do I choose to be a survivor? No doubt we've all succumbed to fear and doubt, wallowing in a pity party from time to time. It happens. But hopefully at some point we realize that being victimized by circumstances is no way to live. Hopefully we'll remember that resilience is grand and then choose to bounce back in amazing and life-giving ways. Hopefully we choose to survive and ultimately to thrive. May it be so. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you heard something of benefit. I also offer virtual programs and reflections on similar topics. If interested, please check out my website to review upcoming events and to read my blog at cardinallife.com. Send any questions, comments, or suggestions to my email, cardinallife at msn.com. I look forward to musing with you again in the very near future about other cardinal concerns. Till then, take good care and remember to enjoy the moment. Blessings to you and yours.